Blushing girl from Blushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Oh, Mr. Sheffield. It's a podcast about the nanny, a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. We are here discussing season four. Oh, my goodness. What? We're so far into it. Episode 22. No muse is good muse. As always, I am Shondi Pasquale here with... Tori Sheffield. Anyway, folks, we are here. We're back. Uh, we're recording it live. Uh, I guess we do all of them live. I well, don't know why I said that. No, I mean, <laughs> we are alive while talking, but this is not a live podcast. Yeah, no, we're recording this episode live in front of a studio audience. Uh, <laughs> Everybody, when Sean introduced me, imagine me coming through a front door and pretending to hit a baseball. <laughs> okay. So this so, is the one where Fran decides arbitrarily out of nowhere that she wants to be a music writer. A songwriter. And <laughs> yep. oh, this is the episode is No Muse is Good Muse. Yeah. And and this is one of those ones where like they were like, uh, hey, let's just figure out some random thing for Fran to get into and then make it seem like it's the, it's like the one where Mr. Sheffield decides he's a writer. <laughs> yeah. And like, here's the thing, this episode, like there was some very, very funny moments and beats, mm -hmm. especially with Fran and Val, but mm -hmm. um, it definitely like it was while I was watching, I was remembering how he kept being like, I just wish they'd get away from the Fran and Mr. Sheffield of it all and mix things up. And then I was like, Oh, I guess be careful what you wish for because, this it was yeah. but you know to be fair i really liked it i laughed i mean i would say i really enjoyed myself watching and laughed out loud a couple times for sure yeah but we we've talked about this though right like the problem with these episodes like the difference between this and like the one from last week it's like when they force a new random interest onto a character and then write a whole episode about it. It's not nearly as enjoyable as if they just live in the lives that the characters they already have that exist and are established. Like we don't need Fran to suddenly realize she wants to be a song lyricist and then try to break into like the grunge music industry to be interesting. We just need like the family to interact with each other and like them to do stuff, you know? And mm -hmm. this was another one where like, we didn't really get much of anyone other than Fran and Val um, and Mr. Sheffield. Although we do yeah. get the creepiest freaking Brighton line we've ever oh, heard. Oh yeah. Oh my God. What? I probably just, I probably just blew out the mic with that, with my like resounding, like, Ugh. yeah, I had that in all caps. <laughs> so disgusting. Well, uh, anyway, let's so get into this it. episode, it starts with, uh, you know, Fran comes into the living room and she sees Maggie watching MTV, which um, for some of our younger listeners, I, I you know, it, MTV was like the channel that you watched if you were like in middle school cool. or high school for a very long time. I, I figured this out last night. MTV was the TikTok of its time. Yes. Yes. That's a great analogy. Like, Because I, um, I was really thinking about it last night. It's like MTV at the time was as – like like – like, I feel like now, if you're a young person and you're not using TikTok for, like, your entertainment, your culture, your music, like, like what, you know, the definition of, like, what's cool, like, people would be like, oh, weird, you're not on TikTok. Like, that was how it was with MTV in this yes. time period. And it's like older people didn't get it. They thought it was mm -hmm. destroying younger people's brains. Mm -hmm. um, and even – it was even almost, like, more um, ubiquitous so than – 
TikTok because, you know, with TikTok, it's like everybody has the things that their algorithm shows them. Some people are watching yes. like beauty TikTok. Some people are watching like geek culture TikTok or whatever. It was one channel. Everyone was getting spoon fed the same new rock bands, new musicians, new interviews with, yes. um, you know, Madonna or whatever. So it was hugely yeah. culturally relevant. And, and early I mean, reality TV, like real world. Mm. And I mean, this was like proto reality TV. This was like the very beginning of like, hey, let's find like five 20 somethings and put them in a house together and see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so Maggie specifically is watching a music video from a musician who they call Tasha. And I think Tasha is supposed to be kind of like an amalgamation of a few different artists at the time. But in my head, she was kind of like an Alanis Morissette type in that. Oh, interesting. I got Courtney Love. That was the vibe oh, I got. No, I think, yeah, you know what? You're right. I think when we met her, you're right. It was Courtney Love. But it, yeah, it's very like, she's angry. She's angsty. You know, the world is like a horrible, depressing place through like the lens of this like hot young artist. Um, and the teams yeah. are flocking to her. But you're right. Yeah. I think yeah, Courtney loves a good example. Um, and Fran comes in and watches Maggie's fascination with this artist. And Fran literally goes, hey, I mean, if all you need is angst to write a hit new song, then I could be a millionaire. Yeah. Um, she's, and, like, she's like, my diary is basically Sgt. Pepper. <laughs> yes, yes. And it gets to the point where she literally, like, actually announces and claims that she's like, you know what? I am going to write a song and like, and I'm going to get it to Tasha and it's going to be a hit. And <laughs> Mr. Sheffield overhears this, Mr. Sheffield, the literal producer of many a musical. And he's like, Miss Fine, you can't just write a hit song. Like there's a lot, you need talent, experience. You need a certain like it factor to even like have that ability. And she's basically like, watch me. She comes up with a song on the spot there. <laughs> that's No, no, no. That's in the next scene. Is it? <laughs> the, yeah, I, hate, the I hate my life. <laughs> yes, yes. That's the next scene. But so she's basically like, watch me. And this is part because she really is like, hmm, like I think I could be good at this. And part that Mr. Sheffield, while I think 100% correct, was being a little condescending. So Incredibly. she sort of has that little like, I'll show you attitude. And this is this, this next scene is the one you're talking about because we go to the opening credits and then we go to Fran and Maggie in the kitchen a few days later. And Fran's literally like holding a notebook and she's like, I wrote a song. I know it's going to be a hit. I just got to get it to Tasha. And Maggie's like, mm, Fran, like, I don't know. You know, Tasha's lyrics are pretty dark. I, I don't know if you're necessarily the right fit for her. And then Fran goes, darker than this. And then she goes, hate my life. want to be a wife. I want to take a knife to your daddy. <laughs> like, it was so dark. It was like, I want to so take a knife to your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so dark. I was like, you know what? That 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 <laughs> fair. She like she certainly got the darkness. <laughs> and the way that she's saying that, I was honestly expecting her later song to be better. Um, but yes, so, but, but Maggie was Maggie was like, wow, that's amazing. How did you come up with that? And Fran's literally like, I don't know. It just came to me. <laughs> but like, it, it was just so funny that the idea that like I hate your father so much, I want to take a knife to him. Just I want to like, murder I'm, him. <laughs> like that's just like what goes on in the like in the facels of Fran's brain, which is like, well, after her. and um, that is genuinely like all the plot setup we get. She has this like three lyric song that she half wrote. And she's like, I have to get this to Tasha. <laughs> yes. Well, no, it's with their, in theory, she has the full song in her notebook. So sure. 
Then we cut to the next scene, which is Val and Fran are waiting outside of a Tasha concert, concert, like the uh, sort of the back of the theater venue. It's somewhere in Midtown. And like their plan is like, we'll wait for her to come out the back. And then like Fran's like, and then I'll, you know, I'll slip her the lyrics Mm -hmm. or jump in her limo and slip her the limics. Limit or slip her the lyrics. And this is, I'm struggling. I gotta. Well, slip her and Mickey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so. This is a funny beat because yes. Fran's like, Val, this was such a great idea. Just like waiting for her outside in the back. We didn't have to spend like 50 bucks on tickets. And then Fran- Val's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Fran's like, Val, like you didn't buy tickets to a show that we weren't even planning on going to. So we could just wait outside. And she's like, not exactly. It was 200 a ticket. <laughs> and, then, and then this is where Fran's literally like, Next, she she was like, you know what? Think twice before you brag about how your mother was trampolining while she was eight months pregnant with you. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that as a source of pride. Um, and then then the door opens, right, to like sort of the back of this theater venue and out walks a woman, but it is not Tasha. It is act theater and television actress Jane Meadows, who is who? I know. I also I had to look this up. I had to look this up because Fran was like, huh? <laughs> yeah. she was the woman, you know, maybe about seventy years old with red hair, and Fran and Val okay. were like Jane Meadows. She she was married to another famous television actor. I didn't really know a lot of the stuff she had done, but no. she was a recognizable face. I, I mean, I, I kind of wish I had actually asked my mom before recording because she's usually a good litmus test of like like who someone was, how they were famous. But what anyway, so funny. so she comes out of this door and they're like, Jane Meadows, what are you doing here? And she goes, <laughs> she goes, I just did Letterman and I think better than he's ever been done before. <laughs> so, <laughs> us, and, then she, and then she goes, don't tell Steve. <laughs> which was like a very, which was a very funny turn of phrase. Um, like I just did Letterman and then actually meaning you had sex with him. That same joke appeared the week before with, um, she was like, I just did a pilot. The, the, the actress last season said, last week said, I just did a pilot and someone goes, which airline? <laughs> so it, it's kind of a little recurring, like who's on first joke, which was funny, but they realize that they're in front of the, or in the, in the back of the wrong building. And Val's like, Oh no, I think we're at the tonight show. I think the Tasha concert might be that one across the street with all those screaming teenagers and mm-hmm. Fran's like you think Val and like so their whole plan has been like kind of turned upside down they've been waiting in the complete wrong area and they're like oh my gosh oh my gosh it's Tasha look and they're like oh no she's getting it in her limo and so they jump into the nearest cab which ends up having Jane Meadows already in it and they're just like follow that limo which so takes silly. us to, it takes us on a high speed car chase scene where we're using like B roll yeah. of like a car yes. chase throughout Manhattan. And yes. then we come back to like Fran Val and Jane Meadows in this cab being like, to the left, over there, make a right. And then Fran and Val both scream, stop the cab. And then it turns out they just wanted pizza. And it's actually funny because <laughs> all three of them are eating pizza now. <laughs> yes, it's very silly. This episode also had the laziest transition I've ever seen on this show. So we go from this chase scene, right? Where it's like clearly them filmed in the backseat of a fake taxi cab and intercut with like stock footage of cars driving throughout the city. And then it cuts to this B roll footage of like a hotel 
and you hear voiceover of Fran going like, well, we got to figure out some way to get to her. And then Val's like, yeah, we really do. And Fran's like, let's sneak into her hotel room dressed up as maids. And Val's like, okay, good idea. And then we oh, it wasn't that bad. Room. No, I, I think, I think it, you're painting it to be even worse than it was. Because what happened is they're in the car chase, and then we see the exterior of a hotel. And then we hear, like, um, what... Eight, not ADR, voiceover. It's voiceover, uh, yeah. Voiceover of uh, Val going, well, now how are we, like, well, now how are we going to get these lyrics to Tasha now that we're here? And then Fran goes, well, I'm just going to explain to her that I am a legitimate and professional songwriter. And then we cut to Fran and Val uh, in stolen maid uniforms, pushing <laughs> one of those hotel carts. So to their yes. credit, they did build a joke in there as best they could. Yes, they did. They did. It just felt like such a weird transition to like, now we're going to have them dressed up as maids in <laughs> yeah. her hotel. And how do we get there? And it's like, I don't know. Let's just have them have two lines over like the outside of the, it's we've never seen them do that before. It was yeah, just such a yeah. weird transition. Theor- theoretically, it could have been this car chase. And then we just could have cut to them like in a, in the hallway of the hotel in their maids uniforms, pushing the cart. And Val could have been like, great idea Fran, like, you know, pretending to be maids or something like that, you know, right. um, which, which is funny. It, it would have achieved the same thing. Like nothing like the end result would have been the same, but it, it would have felt a little less clunky, but it's like, you know, you have no idea. Like maybe the, the time they had to cut that scene because of timing or, you know, to fit all oh, this I mean, stuff that, in. Yeah. That's absolutely, absolutely felt like they were like, uh, we don't have time to film like a transition scene. Let's just like get, yes. make it clear why they're there and why they're dressed like maids. <laughs> but so then though, it does lead to some very, like I wrote Lucy and Ethel antics because mm-hmm. they, they get to Tasha's room and her like manager woman lets them in. It's kind of like the severe woman in like a business suit. And the first thing the woman says is like, she looks at their cart. That's like full of like, you know, toilet paper and cleaning supplies. And she's like, you didn't bring any soap or shampoo. And then Fran and Val look at each other and they literally start to like quietly grumble under their breasts. And they're like, she wants a shampoo. We better give her the shampoo. And they just like empty their pockets of all these little <laughs> tiny shampoo bottles. Cause they clearly like, even at miss uh, like in the middle of this, like l- much bigger plan, like couldn't help themselves from stealing hotel shampoos. Um, and then this Very manager silly. woman like goes into the other room to like talk to Tasha. So we still haven't like laid eyes on Tasha yet. And yeah. um, Fran is like trying to like peer through a crack in the door. And she's like, Val, like turn on the vacuum. So it looks like we're busy. And Val turns <laughs> on the vacuum, but then she comes over to where Fran is to also try to get a peek at Tasha. And she accidentally ends up starts to, to like suck Fran's hair into the vacuum. And they start mm-hmm. to like tussle and Fran's like trying to pull away. And it's this like really big, physical comedy beat and she ends up yanking off a chunk of Fran's hair extensions <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then Fran like frantically hears them coming and like hides the hair extension in a vase and this you know manager comes out and she's like well, she's like what the hell's going on out here and then this is also a joke I had to google because Fran goes uh uh we were trained by Leona Hemsley. Uh, we verbally abuse ourselves whenever we do anything wrong. And then they just start going like, bad, bad maid. You're so awful. <laughs> You're so bad at what you do. <laughs> and this manager was basically like, um, okay, whatever. Just like keep it down. So yeah. I Googled this. Leona Hemsley was um, a big player in New York real estate during this time. And she was, you know, like on the cover of like Forbes and business magazines. But she was known as the queen of mean. Like she was 
famous hmm. for being just like horrible to work for, you know, just like ran everything like the captain of a ship, but in, in a, she was basically very cutthroat about it. And like that extended to like anyone around her and in her orbit. Interesting. Years yeah. later, the queen of mean t- title would be self-proclaimed by comedian Lisa Lampanelli. Oh, she calls I, herself the queen of mean. It's not my style. It's not my style of comedy. I just no same. It's not for me. But so <laughs> then finally, after all this build up, Tasha, the famous Tasha, walks in through the other room, um, and Tasha. She was played by a woman who a. I should say like a young woman actually at the time who a lot of people might have might recognize, but be like, but how do I know her? Like I've seen her. And it's because yeah. this is actress Ivana Milchevic. Mil- she, yeah, she was kind of one of those people who she has been in a lot of TV shows over the years. And during this time in the nineties, she was, you know, in lots of different shows and smaller parts as she built up to more regular, um, like, series regular kind of stuff but she never really like broke through to be like household name but you, i think a lot of people will at least recognize her she's just like an like angsty and frustrated and she's like feeling so disconnected from her music and like she like doesn't have any inspiration she's basically like you know i'm, I'm either like in a private plane or i'm locked up in a hotel room like how am i supposed to write yeah. about like the human condition if i'm not actually meeting any people <laughs> And she's also uh, wearing, this just like brought me back to this era so hardcore because what I realized is like Fran Drescher, or sorry, Fran Fine, the character, she's not really dressing like per 90s trends. She's in her own orbit. She does, she does her own thing. The kids are kids. So it's like, you know, maybe Maggie will look like, oh yeah, she's a teen in the 90s, but by no means is she like a character who they dress in like the latest celebrity fashions. But right. this character was like so on the nose as to like what a lot of celebrities were dressing like at the time. And it was just like, it was like discordant to the eyes. It was like, well, it's, it's like hippie throwback. Like, it's so funny how everything becomes so cyclical. Like right now, current day, 90s culture and dress and all of that is like sort of circling back around Mm -hmm. and and becoming like more prevalent but it's so clear when you go back and watch something like this that like oh celebrity culture was very influenced by like 70s culture at the time because that's like all those people were adults and designing clothes and in charge of the world so like all of like the fashion forward outfits in this era just look like hippie clothes. Like she looks like a hippie with like a little more of a grunge kind of aesthetic. Yes. It was like an angry, well, it's like, there's a lot of like pleather, but then there's like, you know, feather boas and cowboy hats. Um, mm-hmm. And t- w- my take on that time is actually, it was almost like, trying to create ugly ensembles as a form of rebellion but i don't know if that was actually the goal that's just what it feels like to me but um you know definitely like felt very of the time when you watch it um this is this is the same era when steven tyler from aerosmith was wearing a lot of scarves Yes. And a lot of times feather scarves. Um, yes. <laughs> but basically, so and so then Tasha sees Fran and Val in these maid uniforms and they're like, you know, quabbling and squabbling and, you know, they can't help but kind of be their authentic selves no matter where they are. 
And Tasha's like instantly taken with them. And she's like, Ooh, you're such real people. Like I, I just, I feel like I could learn so much from you. And at one point, this line did make me laugh when Tasha was like, I'm just, I'm so out of touch. I, I don't know what's going on in the world. Like, what's this Kinko's I keep seeing? What happened there? (laughs) (laughs) Which I I thought was a funny, a funny line. And so basically Fran's like, you know, Hey, yeah, you should come home with me. Like I can show you a lot of misery. And then, and then she's like, where do you live? And she's like, Oh, a mansion right by the French consulate. (laughs) (laughs) But so then, uh, Tasha leaves with Fran and Val, even though her manager like clearly doesn't want her to go. And we cut back to the mansion and uh, Fran and Tasha walk through the front door and Tasha's like, she's like, your friend Val is so cool. And Fran's like, yeah, sorry she didn't come back with us, but she just really hit it off with that Jane Meadows. So (laughs) we're we're the understanding that she's off with this like 70 year old, like theater and television uh, star. Did Um, you notice um, Tasha is smoking in this scene throughout the whole scene? She's just straight up smoking a cigarette in the, in the Sheffield's living room, which I thought was so funny that like a smoking is still allowed on TV and B they're like, Oh yeah, this character is like cool and edgy. So she smokes. And then also that like no one in the Sheffield household was like, Oh, Hey, could you not smoke in here? I I think though it's like totally a, uh, it's a famous person thing. Like they're, they're all going to be like sycophantic suck ups. Um, Mm -hmm. like, uh, Niles even has this great burn to Mr. Sheffield in the episode when, you know, Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, you know, Miss Fine just thinks that like she's going to get something out of just being some sort of sycophantic hanger on to these famous people. And <laughs> Niles is like, yeah, that's just a producer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> um, but oh, but so but they're in the mansion, and this made me laugh too because once she gets Tasha inside, she's like, "Oh, I I really want to um show you some song lyrics." And Tasha's like, "Oh, you're a songwriter," and Fran's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't mention that." And then she locks the door behind her. <laughs> I just love Fran's boldness with this kind of stuff, and then. She is basically like, yeah, yeah, I'm going I'm to play you my song right now. And she's like, Niles, Niles. And so Niles brings out a boombox and he presses play, but he accidentally starts playing some like male confidence self-help tape he's been listening to, uh, like how to get women and be more sensual. And so that's just like this little joke that ends up kind of being a runner throughout this whole episode. But so then he quickly like, you know, turns the tape over and then we actually hear the song and it was so bad. It was like, so bad. It, it was more of a rap where I was like, why would she even make a rap for this woman who like clearly is a grunge artist? Um, so she plays the song for her on the other side of the self-help tape, which which I thought was just a throwaway joke, but I actually really like that runner. I, I thought it was really funny where they take <laughs> that. And it, was, it was maybe one of the funnier parts of the episode. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> um, well, well, this part, I, I love this part though, because so 
once Tasha tells Fran that like the the song stinks, Fran gets yeah. she gets really upset, and this is and Mr. Sheffield comes in right when this is happening, and Tasha's basically like, I don't know what to tell you, Fran, but like, yeah, you, you have no talent. This is just an awful, awful song. And then Mr. Sheffield is like, oh, he's like, how can you be so cruel? Don't you know how bad this woman's life is? She was dumped by her fiance. She has no job skills. I mean, I keep her on as a nanny and my children can practically vote. (laughs) I I just loved him being like, how could you be so hurtful to this woman who has nothing else? And like him, like honestly just owning up to the, the fact that like, he almost keeps her on as an act of charity. Yeah. He's like, this lady's a complete loser. (laughs) And then, and then at first Fran's like, Hey, you know, quit rubbing soul in the wound, Mr. Sheffield. But then Sasha's like, no, no, wait, like, like I can use this. Like, this is the pain I'm talking about. And then Fran lights up and she's like, "Uh, uh, tell her about the time I almost married my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like instantly is like oh wait okay you you want that wait, i'm super pathetic yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so uh we actually then cut to a little later um it's either that that night or that week and um it's this funny little scene where we kind of realize that now everyone in the house has found out about niles's mm-hmm. self-help like trying to become better with women like situation like cc makes a mean joke about it and then mr sheffield comes in and makes a joke about it and then this was this line i thought saved the entire episode because just the fact that we got this line i was like this episode was worth it niles goes he's like looks at mr sheffield and he's like is nothing sacred in this house and mr sheffield goes oh that's rich coming from the captain of starship enterprise Just yeah, because, that was also one of my – that was my favorite line. Yeah, it was so good. Basically being like, oh, you're complaining to me about, like, people gossiping? Like, please. Like, I'm so going to start saying that. I'm going to start literally being like, okay, captain of the Starship Enterprise over here. Yeah, me too. I, I like, howled at that line. I was like, mm-hmm. that's the best thing that this show's maybe ever come up with. It was so, so good. I, I so almost funny. I almost slacked you the line specifically, but then I was like, no, 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 I'll let him see it for himself. Yeah, no, it's so good. The captain of the captain of the starship Enterprise, mm-hmm. so good. Um, like if they only had that one joke, and then that's why they ended up trying to build this episode, I'd be like, okay, fair. <laughs> yeah, it's um, crazy that 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 isn't like they, that should be like a thing people say. <laughs> it's yeah, so, so good. Yes. And though, what this scene really though establishes ultimately is that. Fran has been spending a lot of time with Tasha lately and basically like Tasha considers her her muse and so much to the point that Fran comes down the stairs in like a full pleather outfit. It's like, you know, like pleather pants, like pleather vest and huge like rocker hair. Yeah, she looks like really hot punk rock lady. Like she looks great, right? Well, but which leads to the revolting the worst, comment. The worst thing that the worst thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> Brighton, who by the way, um, is apparently like her de facto son, and he in theory views her as a mother figure. Yes. Uh, walks up to her and goes, uh, Fran, I didn't do my homework. And she's like, oh, why are you telling me? And he goes, because I need to be punished. And I'm like, what in God's name? God's no. Name. And I'm like, I get it. If you want to have that joke, have that joke. But but don't like take away from the the whole heart of the show, which is Fran has come to be like a mother figure to these needy children. Not needy as in like financially needy, but emotionally needy. You know? Yeah. No, it's such an inappropriate, weird. Like it's like 
it just felt so out of character for everyone. And then her reaction to it is out of character. She doesn't go like, ew, that's gross, dude. I like raised you. <laughs> like, yes. She's just like, <laughs> and like the audience goes like, ha, 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 ha. And it's like, ew. Classic Brighton. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. like, ew, that's gross, dude. What? <laughs> I know. I didn't like it. But we we always have, they, they've done that. They do this like about once a season where they just, use Brighton to make the joke they want to make and kind of disregard right. where this character would actually be emotionally. And it always, I think it always has bothered us. Yeah. And, well, cause but, it also doesn't feel real. Like I don't like, unless you're writing a very specific kind of young man, I don't see like this character, this teenage boy feeling confident enough even to say something like so sexualized to like this adult in his life. Well, like you, it's so creepy and, but, and like, hey, let, let's not forget, Cece did say he had a very mature vocabulary for such a young boy. She found out he was her online boyfriend. <laughs> she did say that. He's a little filthy, he's a little filthy, horny troll. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Fran is a, going to go out with Tasha that night, but Mr. Sheffield asks if he can just, you know, have a word with her. And this was actually a pretty sweet like sweet little adorable scene. Yes. He sits on the couch with her and he pours them both a glass of wine. And he's like, you know, um, Miss Fine, I, I was thinking maybe you should, you should spend some less time with Tasha. And at first she refuses and she's like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not neglecting my duties and this is my creative outlet. And what's so wrong with that? And then he just confesses that like he misses her. Like that's truly the only reason. <laughs> and and she, you know, obviously kind of melts a little when she hears it and the doorbell rings and it's Tasha and Fran is instantly like, oh, don't worry. Like, I'm going to tell her I can't go out tonight. Like, I'll just spend the night in with you. And she opens the door and she whispers to Tasha. She's like, I, I can't go out with you. Um, I think Mr. Sheffield might make a move. Um, So like, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll reschedule. And then Tasha's like, she kind of looks her up and down and she's like, hmm, something's different about you, Fran. It's it's like you're happy. And she's like, and I can't use that. Like my friend, my fans want misery. And Fran at first is like kind of offended. She's like, you know, this, I'm just saying it's just one night. And, and then Tasha's like, Fran, no, it's okay. She's like, it's okay to be happy. I, I'm happy. You're happy. I just, I just can't use this for my songs. And then Fran, Fran had this great line. She's like, wait, you're happy. I'm happy. And then she thinks and she's like, I need to get me some more Gentile friends. <laughs> like it's like a foreign <laughs> concept that like, like someone's like, oh no, no, great. I'm, I'm actually happy you're happy. It's just not going to work out with us professionally. And uh, at that exact moment, the doorbell rings again and Val comes in and she's like, oh, Fran, oh, I've had the worst day. Someone stole all my subway tokens and then my purse. It's like I'm cursed. <laughs> and then Tasha's eyes like light up and she's like, She's like, oh no, she's like, sings the, she turns that line into a lyric. She's like, someone stole my tokens and my purse. It's like, I'm cursed. <laughs> it was like, it was like very over the top, but like, you know, kind of so funny. Bad. And then she's like, she looks at Val and she's like, do you live with your parents? <laughs> and Val's like, yeah, but, but I got privacy. Oh, we just installed one of those accordion dividers. And then Josh is like, <laughs> she's like, do you have a boyfriend? And Val literally like, burst out laughing at the sheer absurdity that she would have a boyfriend and Tasha like instantly links arms with her and like they like <laughs> walk out arm in arm and yep. now Fran is like 
even though she was so happy a minute ago because she was going to spend the night with Mr. Sheffield. Now she's completely dejected because she feels like rejected, basically like, oh, like, you know, I thought it was special and now I've been replaced. And she literally goes like, they, they kind of like make fun. I think they're, they're almost like, um, what's the word I'm thinking of when you're like, uh, you're, they're not doing a parody of their own, like, antics but you know we often see Fran going Mr. Sheffield Mr. Sheffield and running into his arms and we literally yes. have her run looking for him and he's no through longer the in the house. room yeah. <laughs> it's very and then funny she, like yeah goes through the hallway and then like goes into the kitchen like going Mr. Sheffield Mr. Sheffield and then he just happens to come down the stairs again in the living room where she had like initially been and she's just done a whole loop through the whole house just to find him right where she left just going like just going like <laughs> yeah yeah and she He's like, Miss Fine, what's wrong? And he and she's like, Tasha dumped me for Val. And now she's gonna have enough material for an anthology. <laughs> being like Val's so pathetic that like I don't have a shot being Tasha's friend anymore. And and then like then we kind of get to the heart of it. She's like, you know, maybe I, I really do have no talent and maybe I'm not special. Like maybe this me, like right here and right now, is as good as it's ever gonna get. And then there's like this pause and she looks at Mr. Sheffield and she's like, she was like, insert supportive comment or like, or something yeah, like yeah. that. It was like, it's insert like, you know. Cause he doesn't, compliment. he doesn't deny, he doesn't deny that. Like, he's not like, no, 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 Miss Fine. You're, you're wonderful and creative. She's just like, mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, but then, but then it was almost more like she didn't give en him enough time. He was more like taking it in because then he's like, Miss Fine, like you are incredibly special. And there is, no one else like you. And, you know, it's true that like he means it and it's like for better or for worse, there's no one else like you, but like he clearly loves it, you know, like mm -hmm. he wouldn't, he wouldn't mm -hmm. want her any different is basically yeah. what, what he's the sentiment is. And they end up sitting next to each other on the couch and they pick up the wine that they had left a little earlier. And, you know, this is where I said like, oh, I think her doing this like really stupid rap was actually intentional because then the, they basically kind of lament how they're old and out of touch. Uh, and, yes. and that was kind of, but like kind of together, like it was kind of cute. Yes. And, and Mr. Sheffield, like he says, he tries to give Brighton a high five. And I think he's like, he, he somehow even butchers how to say like, give me five. <laughs> he was like, he was like something like loan me a five or something stupid. He like a, he goes, he goes, give me five on the top. And Brighton's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So weird. And, and then the button of the episode, it's just uh, Niles is in the kitchen and he's finally gotten to the end of his like uh, male self-confidence tape. And it's literally like, you've, you've gotten to the end of the tape. And this is tip number 10, like the most important tip forgetting women and just and like you know he like leans in eagerly and then the tape cuts and it's just Fran's horrible song that she, <laughs> she clearly taped over it um and he just has this look of just like he almost like looks at the camera in a sort of like typical like yep. look on his face um and and that's the whole episode the only other little thing I added at the end because it was a really quick little line but noteworthy in the canon of the show we established that Maggie's going to go to Columbia University. Yes. So that, and that's important. Hey, not just because it's a great school. Congratulations, Maggie. But she's clearly going to go to school locally, which is an easy way to keep her in the cast On the show. as a character yeah. while still graduating high school. Yep. Um, you know, overall, this was an okay episode. I thought it was a little 
disappointing. The 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 wrap up was a little weird to me. Like the the whole scene where Fran is like Maxwell's basically like, you know, you got to hang out with Tasha less. And she's like, no, but she's so cool. And like, I really wanted to like make this work and I want to be creative. And then Maxwell goes like, we really, I really miss you here. And then Fran's like, I'll call in sick. And it's like, it made me feel sad for Fran. I was well, like, it's sad that she drops anything she's interested in just because he's like, I miss you. <laughs> like, well, but I will say this. She didn't plan to quit entirely she literally whispered like it was basically like let's take tonight off i think mr shedden's gonna make a move and then when she right. found out that was actually gonna be like the true end of this because she was get, she was now happy and tasha didn't want her she was devastated and then she so, got sad yeah. yeah so i think it was a little more like maybe fair to fran um like she wasn't like oh okay i'll i'll stop this entirely but she she did oh i was gonna say i was like but she did do that in the past but she actually didn't because remember on the rosie show um it seemed like she had quit but it turned out she got fired she just was pretending right. that she had quit so so right. yeah, i guess a little a little credit to fran here um that's fair okay um but i just think overall like obviously like we love the nanny like we we host a podcast about it and we talk about it probably maybe more than anybody else on earth at this point has talked about it <laughs> uh, just in terms of hours hours logged but you know yeah. there are some episodes where we're like it's not just a 10 out of 10 it's an 11 and i think this just was just you know it's they gotta, it they, gotta fine. they gotta fill out so many episodes there's gonna be some that come along like this um i think yep. we were feeling this was maybe one of the weaker ones we've had in a while but but we loved yep. last week's and you know next week is a new beginning <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's like you said, there's 27 episodes this season. So like, they're not all going to be 10 out of 10, like really knocked it out of the park episodes. And this one was just okay. It wasn't like the worst one I've ever seen. It was just like, yeah. it was fine. You know, um, it felt a little cobbled together. This makes me wish that there was another podcast that was just listening to our podcast and analyzing <laughs> the cast. And then like, how would they rate this one? Well, isn't that like, like the next, isn't that the next evolution of podcasting is in like 20 years, people are going to be doing re-listen podcasts about old podcasts that people yeah. listen to. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, Hey, I wonder, I wonder how this episode of our podcast will hold up. Yeah. We, we should do a Gilmore guys podcast where we don't watch Gilmore girls, but we listen to them wa watch it on the Gilmore guys podcast. <laughs> it's an infinity loop. Um, so yeah. but that was the episode. And so yep. I think that means we can move on to our segment. Let me crunch on some snacks while the music plays. And now segments. So segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now segments. Okay. So Yiddish. Wait, favorite I, lines. What you're oh skipping over god. favorite lines? Oh my god, you're right. Oh my god. There were no favorite lines. Um, no, I didn't have were. that many. I I did have some of the ones you've already called Starship Enterprise, obviously, <laughs> is the best line that this show has ever written. Single most creative thing I've ever heard in my life. Um 
Uh, also, you already mentioned it, but uh, Maxwell telling Tasha, I keep her on as a nanny and my children are nearly old enough to vote was very, very funny to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, worst line of the episode, obviously Brighton telling his mother <laughs> figure that he needs to be punished. <laughs> um. Uh, but uh, I'll say, oh, Mr. Sheffield got a great little zinger in, in like the first scene when Maggie's like uh, watching Tasha on MTV and he just comes in. And he goes, ah, oh, Margaret, listening to angst ridden, angst ridden youth rock before the limo arrives to take you to figure skating class, <laughs> which I was just like, you know, good for you, Mr. Sheffield. Like so you understand yeah. yourself sometimes. Well, um, he, he seemed to be the only one that understood the irony in this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, and I guess, Hey, that's just a being a teen is <laughs> you're, you're the yeah. worst. Um, yeah. and then, uh, I like that. Um, when Mr. Sheffield is telling Fran that like, she really wouldn't be a good songwriter. Cause you need a sixth sense for these things. She goes coming from the man who cast Debbie Boone is Yentl the Yeshiva boy. And <laughs> Debbie Boone is just like, like a blonde, like super non-Jewish uh, actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. I like that trampoline line. And I really liked when Tasha goes, what's a, what's this Kinko's I keep seeing? What happens there? <laughs> <laughs> should we Fran should we quant- should we should we qualify that Kinkos is now known as the FedEx store? And so, if you're lost on the Kinkos joke, that's that's what oh, you're missing. That's yeah. You guess Kinkos should, yeah, doesn't exist anymore, and it used to be very important. And now it's just the FedEx store where people you, go to drop off shit they yeah. don't want to mail. <laughs> Kinkos would go it was where you would go if you didn't have a printer at home and you needed to print, which still exists. Like I still go to Staples to print stuff because I hate having a printer. Mm-hmm. It, you can also get photocopies there too. But the thing is now so much stuff is done through like scanning. You can scan shit on your phone and then email yeah. it. And, you know, it's been yeah. replaced by a lot of their stuff. Um, oh, I should actually, I was going to say in LA, I'm sure there was many a young aspiring screenwriter that was printing and copying uh, oh, yeah. their screenplays here, out here. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. It's just so funny how that's how, how few years have passed for that to completely change entirely. Like mm-hmm. the needs of of that store have completely mm-hmm. changed. Um, I, I did. I loved the overall, again, the Lucy and Ethel of it all of Val and Fran sneaking into mm-hmm. the hotel as maids. And then not only that they grumbled when this manager woman, like rightfully asked them for shampoo. <laughs> and then later she was like, are you going to put any mints on the pillows? And then Fran and Val go, they like literally turn and they go, Oh, she wants the mints now too. Uh, you know, of course. So they start and they, dumping and they, so yeah. many mints. <laughs> yeah, they, they had stolen so many things from this hotel and that, that made me laugh yeah, really great. hard too. I mm-hmm. were so they were they were genuinely begrudging this woman of asking her what is like <laughs> truly what was just normal and deserved if you were paying for a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Um that was funny. Uh and I think that's about it for this yep. week. Um so now so, we can talk about some Yiddish. Yiddish. I think I was overexcited because we had um, a brand new Yiddish word this week, which which doesn't happen very often anymore, just because now Yiddish is so part of the lexicon of the show and we repeat a lot of words. We, but so it was like, mm-hmm. we had Shmageggy this week. Fran was like, like we've been standing out here like a couple of Shmageggies when we had tickets. Yep. And then we had this word for stunken which we've never heard. And it means smelly. The insult can apply literally and figuratively. Someone can have a stinky attitude or a stinky body or both. (laughs) That was actually from the (laughs) definition I got or both. (laughs) Fran apologizes for being for stunkin because she's in like dirty maid's clothes that they found in the laundry. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, for Stunkin, that's a that's a. Uh, I mean, again, it's one of those ones that I was like, oh yeah, I've definitely heard that a lot growing up, but I feel like it has not been used that much on this show. Well, and did you all. know? That, um, so it never been used before, and then also Tasha uses it shortly there thereafter because she, she was, does. She goes, "You stink!" Like. As in Verstunken. And yeah. if, if you listen closely, the way she says Verstunken, it, it was almost with an accent. Like, it's almost like she was yeah. saying it more authentically than any actual, like, uh, native English speaker. And it's yes. because she is from Eastern Europe originally. Um, mm-hmm. And you could, you could get that. You, you definitely heard it in some of the things she was saying every now and then very subtly. But when she actually was saying sort of, an Eastern European word, you could, you could really hear it. So Uh, trivia, trivia, this is just very brief and it's less trivia and more just like nanny in the news. Hmm. People who follow our Instagram might already know this, that Fran and Peter, as in Fran Drescher and Peter Mark Jacobson, they went to the Grammys this year. Not only was uh, Fran Drescher included, included in a roundup of a number of best dress lists, which is pretty impressive considering like she's not a musician and like wasn't, you know, ostensibly going to be like the big focus of the Grammys. Like she's probably more yeah. invited just as like, you know, an industry courtesy. Um, but she um, was styled by Brenda Cooper, who was the wardrobe and costume designer on the nanny. And I just, I love that, um, you know, Fran Drusher and everything related to the nanny, she really pulled from people who she had worked for in her past, who she really loved mm-hmm. and who impressed her. And then really was like, I want you on my team. Like, I love what you do. She she then was true to that word and brought them on and then kind of stays loyal to them forever. And, yeah. and I think that's really cool. You know, that like literally the the wardrobe designer on the nanny just uh, styled her for this big night out and and also kind of like oh i'm so glad that you guys are getting the last laugh you like brenda cooper styled her for years and then she was mm-hmm. on more stressless and this and that and it's like well look who like actually is laughing all the way to the bank guys uh, speaking of look who's doing something uh i have a little trivia to share the chase scene uh with the cab chasing the limo uh, that footage was taken from the cab driving scene in Look Who's Talking. Oh, my God. Yep. Which was a, a famous uh, John Travolta, Christie Alley movie of the 90s. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, I thought that was kind of interesting. That's, That's it. <laughs> and then um, for the Fran or the CC or who you related to, I think because this is more of a filler episode and no one really like it, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't think anybody is really relatable, but maybe some people would have really, really related to Fran's plight in this of like wanting to feel special and wanting to find her yes. thing. But I, I honestly was like, I think of anyone I might have related to Mr. Sheffield because I think if someone, you know, just randomly came up to me and was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to like get into songwriting and just make that my thing. I'd be like, that's almost insulting to everyone who's been doing this for years and who like has acquired <laughs> skills and maybe like, you know, trained musically. <laughs> like, uh, so I felt like he was maybe the only voice of reason, <laughs> but yeah, but I do. I do think there are people who probably feel the way Fran feels. I just, I think both you and I, in maybe a good way, even if we're not necessarily, you know, always monetarily, uh, successful in it feel like we found our thing earlier in and feel like we at least 
have ownership of that, right? Creatively. Sure. Um, I think the person I related most with in this episode was Val. Oh. Because uh, I also have uh, such a uh, monstrously uh, pathetic life that I'm sure I could inspire some musician. <laughs> and you are very close to Jane Meadows. <laughs> And I'm very, have a very close relationship to Jane Meadows, and I'm often moonlighting as a maid at hotels that I don't work at. Do you so. do you really believe that you relate to Val? Uh, no, I didn't really relate to anyone in this episode, so I was okay. just doing a bit. And this yeah. this was a tough this was a tough one for me. You know, like I mean, I guess like feeling, I guess Fran's whole thing of feeling like you have more in you to give than you're giving with your life was like fairly relatable. You know. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But, but yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, there was, there was no like specific character this episode really for me. But yeah, so that's an episode. Um, nope. Sean and I just realized that I think this episode is 98 of our podcast, meaning that yeah. in two, uh, we're going to be at a hundred episodes. Yes. Yeah, soon. We're going to do some math uh, here in between episodes and actually figure it out. But yes, uh, we are. As of this episode that you're listening to right now, we are very close to hitting our hundredth episode, and I don't know what that means or if we'll be able to do anything like truly special for it. But it is uh, kind of momentous for us to have done this. That means that we have done an episode a week for over two years, which is pretty crazy to think about, and it means we've sunk at least one hundred hours into talking about the nanny, which is mind blowing. <laughs> I actually, I mean, and more because sometimes we go, we more. go way long and then have to cut. Yes. Yes. <laughs> have to trim them down. Yeah. Out of, out of, you know, respect for your guys' time. For your time. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have, we don't have that kind of respect for our time. But <laughs> no. Well, our time is worthless, but your time is very important to us. And on yes. that note, uh, please reach out to us because that is, uh, the thing that keeps us going. I think the most is how much interaction we get from you guys at oh Mr. Chef Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Tell us your thoughts on this episode and future episodes. Uh, we're back next week with an episode that I'm pretty excited to watch. Uh, do you know which one is coming up next week? No. no. Uh, it's the episode with Bette Midler as the guest oh. star. And I'm very excited. And then after that, we get to the one that I've been waiting all freaking season for. The Heather Biblo story, which I'm very excited. Uh, we get to spend a little more time with Heather Biblo, played by Pamela Anderson. Oh my gosh. Who, and th that's going to intersect perfectly with my own personal interest recently because I just read Pamela Anderson's memoir. Yep. That's, mm -hmm. that's, I figured you would be very excited. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe she, does she talk about doing the nanny at any point in that memoir? No, it's mostly about a string Bummer. of abusive men who she still is in love with. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy all right well on that uh, note ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening don't forget to rate and uh and comment and subscribe to the podcast on all the podcasting apps and platforms tell your friends about it tell your mom tell your dog share it with the world uh play it when you're going to sleep at night just let it play silently you can even put it on mute and just let it play uh and then we get uh credit for the listen and uh maybe a little extra cash for the ad that plays in the middle and then we'll live in your dreams hey. <laughs> all right thank you everybody for listening have a great week and we will see you next time goodbye goodbye the flashing girl from flushing Name Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. I, uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>